Mentally yeah. some sparkling fake wine is getting it. <laughs> you will not. Kente, are we live? Okay, perfect. Hello, everyone. Welcome back um, to another podcast experience. Um, we are basically going to be talking again with Tiffany, but this time we're talking with her about writing the life you want about short stories. Um, <laughs> we are going to talk about short stories of life um, on many facets and hats that she wears as a writer, a mother, a single woman, a creator, and a friend. Um, so introducing none other than Tiffany Hall, a.k.a. Trapunzel, or as Kente <laughs> calls her, Trapnizzle. Tiffany, oh how are you? Look, how are you, my dear? I'm good. Surprisingly awake for it to be four o'clock in the morning. I know. Look, I have to realize that there are other people in my house that are sleeping, and the one that lives next door, she says she lives in a drum, so... I'm trying to keep it down, but my giggles carry no, so. as loud as I want to, and I will not be disturbing anybody. I don't have that luxury, so I mean, but I really don't care either. So I'm not moving him; he's too heavy. <laughs> oh, I'll put my boo like that. Okay, so what I want to talk to you about is you have a, I mean, you are a writer, and you have gotten into poetry, but your niche seems to be a love sure. for short story. Yes. Tell me about that. Tell me how you got into short stories. The very first short sto story that I remember writing was for a seventh grade English class. And we had to write a story about traveling through the Underground Railroad. She said it could mm. just be a page. I wrote an 11 page. And at that time, my writing was teeny tiny. I wrote an 11 page, double sided short story that included a girl shooting a dude at the end because he touched her inappropriately. I was 11 and a half years old. Wow. Wow. Right. Wow. 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 No. Do you still have that story? Huh? Do you still have that story? The crazy part about this is this woman disappeared like a thief in the night. Like we had that teacher that assigned that she collected our assignments. We had a new teacher after she collected our assignments. Oh, she was going to and make I remember money. Being going. heartbroken that I did not have that story anymore. But oh. I remember everything. I remember looking at a map, going through the places, trying to be historically accurate. I was 11. <laughs> so my love of words came at a very young age. And I always wrote stories, but I would never let anyone else read them. The first time that I started letting people read my writing was in the group. Yeah. <laughs> so. And what was that, that like? The first experience of caring, what did that feel like? I know there's probably some vulnerabilities there, but what was <laughs> It was nerve wracking. And then you can, you can have your family say, Oh, I think you'll be an amazing writer. And you think you're saying they're saying that because they have to say that. But to have people I never met, we hadn't established any connections, say, I like where this is going. You know, I, I want to see what happens at the end of this. That that meant everything. So okay. that's how it started at 11, getting a class assignment for a teacher that I promise you, this woman never came back to the school. We were not given any explanation as to why she was no longer our teacher. 
she would either quit or got fired. I don't know, but that established what I wanted to do. Absolutely. So over this 20 plus year career of writing short stories, because that's literally now that you start at 11 and you're in your 30s. Um, right. what, what has been your most surprising work that you were like, wow, this is really good. This has bones. This could go into a novel, not just a short story. Then uh, I think the I, short I put in the group for um, the baby love and Pharaoh tales. Is that synchronized dreams? Yes, synchronized dreams. And okay. I have not, not about that. Huh? I said, give us a synopsis because I know what that is, but those viewing does do not know what that is. I changed the names, so I don't even think you've heard the new names. So the synopsis is a young lady by the name of Trinity Holland. She is basically living her life. She had a tumultuous past. And she found herself, she's also a writer. Mm -hmm. She's a writer. She used to be an activist. She still does that. And she empowers other minority writers. So her and her friends, they have a publishing company. And that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And she found out that a gentleman that she interviewed as a college um, student, because she worked for the paper in college, Mm -hmm. he escaped from prison. He's mm. in prison for almost murdering her. <laughs> he got a life sentence for attempting to murder her and murdering two other colleagues of hers. So during this, she has to figure out what she wants to do with her love life. Because, of course, I love to write about love. <laughs> Me too. It's just her putting the end chapters on everything that happened to her in the past. And not holding on, not only seeing the past in negative moments, it's teaching this experience is going to teach to her to look at life through the lens of gratitude, thankfulness, and just things that she doesn't consider because she's very woe is me at times. Yeah. Okay. So how closely Trinity, correct? Yes. How closely do you relate to this character in terms of do you write from experience of your own or is it an intermingling of other experiences? I do write write from experiences of my own, but I also write from, I pull from everybody. So Mm -hmm. in writing for Trinity, I think she has some traits of my sister, (laughs) myself. I, I just... I write for traits of people. I think it's easy to to write them off. Right. In writing stories, I want to tell the stories of people that, okay, I never thought about it like that. Oh, I have a friend that does this. Maybe I should be a bit more compassionate. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I never looked at this person that suffers from this. You know, this will help me to interact with people in my own life. Right. So. So um, what what advice would you give someone? Because you like short stories. I know you've gotten into poetry, which we'll talk about that shortly, because, you know, that's my love. And you love <laughs> your poetry. Uh, so we'll talk about that, too. But I want to get into the meat and potatoes of you writing short stories. 
what advice would you give someone who is dabbling for the first time in um, short stories? What what should they do? What should they look for? How should they develop this story? I would approach it as a short story does not have to give a complete picture. Okay. A short story is like zooming in. You ever seen those panoramic pictures? Mm-hmm. where you can do 360, even on Facebook, if you keep scrolling, you can see all the way around. Right. A short story is supposed to be a regular picture of that. Okay. You get the complete beginning, you don't get the complete end, but within this short story, you have this complete picture that you can get all your information from. And that's just how I approach it. I don't want to tell you the entire story in a short story. And I want it to be speculative. I want you to come to your own conclusion of what happens to these people. Okay. Kind of reminds me when we were kids, I don't know if you had this book, but I, it might've been Puss in Boots where you went to a certain <laughs> page and it said, if you want this to happen, go to page 59. If you want this to happen, go to page 12. I love those books. I did not have those books. Look, and I remember I used to just go to every scenario to see how things would end, and then I'd go back and read it all over again and pick the one that I immediately fell in love with. Yeah. It's like I had to go through all of them, unfortunately, to get to the story I wanted. But um, that's kind of what I think of when I think of a short story, because it is that pinpoint in time over a series of time that tells a bigger story, but you're only getting that moment. Um, who were your, um, in your short story history, who were your least favorite or least developed characters that you want to spend extra time with maybe this year developing? Uh, a character that I modeled after a guy I know in real life. And it's not so much as his real life, just um, a police officer character that I put in the short story. I haven't given him a final name yet. Which police officer but, character? Mm-hmm. Hmm? I said, which police officer? Mm-hmm. The officer that uh, Trinity and Dex are fighting about. Okay. That basically Pharaoh fighting about because he thinks that she be- he thinks she betrayed him, and she's like, "No, I did not." And okay. <laughs> that officer, I want him to have his own standalone story. Okay. Because just in my regular nine to five work, because I'm a nine one one operator, working so closely with officers, especially African American officers, and seeing those two worlds butt heads. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize the 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 prejudice and the name calling, the disrespect that they have to go through. Mm-hmm. All they want to do is do their job yeah. <laughs> and get home safe. Yeah. So I want to explore that world. I want to see what that looks like. I want to explore the PTSD that you can't deal with because you're afraid it'll hurt your career. The personal relationships that you sabotage because of, because you haven't got help for these issues. Like I really want to explore that. It's funny that you mentioned that the sabotaging the relationships because you haven't got help with the guy. So one, two, three guys ago, (laughs) 
called? Three guys ago was a police officer. And he's a police officer in one of the top 10 roughest cities in the country. And I'll never forget to this day what he said to me. He said, if you're looking for a man who has emotion, you might as well look for somebody else because it's not me. He's not lying. And I was like, and that broke my heart for him, not for myself. Because one, you get into this role, into this field, into this career where you have to be so you don't have room for emotion. But the thing is in that job, there's emotion attached to what you see, attached to whom you have to talk to when you are telling somebody their child is missing, when you tell someone that their child is deceased, when you tell someone that their mother has been murdered, when you tell someone that their their father was hit by a drunk driver, to tell me that you are void of emotion. Yeah. And and to seemingly expect me to want to deal with that for the duration of my life. So this is a person who wanted to spend the rest of his life with me. I was like, I had to search my soul. Because I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Like, I'm not going to be able to spend the rest of my life with you. He didn't expect you to stay. I can almost guarantee it. He knew it wasn't going to work. He had already accepted it. And he was like, oh, well. And those emotions will come back out in the craziest of ways later on in life. So he's going to have to deal with that. And the thing is that we cycled. We cycled over... We first met in 2013 and we, we we cycled through 2018. And so he had mentioned, he had said something to me and I didn't respond. And I didn't respond because one, you're absolutely right. Until he deals with those emotions and he's no longer a police officer, he has since retired. Um, But until he dealt with those emotions that he had trapped, that lay dormant, I would be of no service to him anyway. Yeah. I would be no earthly good to him. Um, And because I am innately an emotional person and a nurturer of emotions, that relationship would not be healthy for me. Um, But I empathize. Yeah. It is, it, that is a difficult, so for you to write those stories, that is, that could be powerful. That could be, um, it could be, it could give them permission to finally be free to express I have to the expression of you. I have to change the title of it because I actually had started working on a collection of stories called Dispatch. Okay. I remember I, you put this not I put this novel in Noveler, the software that I use. Maybe a year before the show came out. So when the show came out, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to call it someone else, something else, but I might not. I might leave it at dispatch. Right. You would <laughs> because it's the perfect, it's the perfect, it's the perfect verb for right. what I want these stories to convey. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. dating a police officer or dating someone in the military is like dating a person from another planet. The things that they have to see and walk around like it's normal is crazy. Like even doctors don't have to go through that because that's it's not as gruesome <laughs> on the medical end of it as it is on the policing end of it. And it's yeah. just even some of the things like, okay, 
when you said that the things that you have to tell people, like if your mom died or this or that, we had a boy who had put a missing persons report out on his mother. Mm. So he was all the way, I think he was an hour away from my jurisdiction. He gets, we call, we call around. He said, I'm tracking her phone here in the area that he was in was the record service that we use for my jurisdiction. So they look at the van, they look at the car, they pull up the call. It was a car accident. She died. He didn't know. Mm. So I know this. My coworker knows this. The police that, that now knows this. We can't tell him because he has an hour drive to get back home. So we call his, his grandfather who had come to the house because she went missing. But she wasn't missing. She was deceased and they didn't know. I had to tell him, oh, it's fine. Your grandfather has all the information. Go home. You know, she's not missing. And I'm sounding chipper and <laughs> I'm telling him this. He hangs up the phone and I'm just like, whew, breathe. And my coworker's like, I need a drink now because we just lied to this boy to go drive for an hour to go find out why his mother isn't missing anymore. Right. Dealing with that one instant, officers have to be face to face with that. So it's just writing. When I first started writing, I wanted to tell the stories that I couldn't articulate any other way. Right. And now that I'm older, it's, it's the same. Like it has not changed. I want to tell the stories of people that are misunderstood, people that are marginalized, people that are judged. And so I deal with topics that I wish I could see in other books that I and you seem to throw love in there, I hear. So what is it about what is it about these groups and these proportions of topics that wants you to incorporate like it's an underdog, but you still want them to find love? Why do you take that approach? Opposed to saying people that can love, whether it be in a romantic or platonic, because I think we downplay platonic relationships. We think romantic is the end all be all. People that can love freely without inhibitions, without, you know, feeling weird about it. People yeah. that can that level of emotion, they are fully functioning people. And it's, it's hard sometimes to do that. So I want to show that no matter how jacked up you think a person is, everybody is capable of giving and receiving love. All right now. <laughs> I wish I look in the writing world of short stories. If you had a superpower, what would it be? For short stories, yes. confidence. confidence. <laughs> because I I write so much, I've published maybe to Wattpad. So another thing we were talking um, goal for this year for my personal writing goals i want at least 10 of my stories published somewhere and not just on wattpad or in noveler <laughs> so are you going to be submitting for bbbw bbb magazine victorious Vic, look 
the one that you had said you wanted the information for, for yes, the, information for it, and I will be submitting. I'm working on something right every now. Month. Yeah, it's every month. So in essence, you can literally write for them every month and get paid for it. So I'm definitely doing that. I'm doing um, it's a couple of contests mm -hmm. that I going to enter and I'm working on two pieces for that and another thing that I wanted to dabble in because I'm such a fan of it but I rarely write it is the horror fiction hmm. what's your intriguement with that people snapping <laughs> because people people think that people that commit heinous incomprehensible crimes are just these monsters and I don't know if that makes me a little bit crazy that I think, hmm, sounds like a great backstory. I wonder what made her that way or him that way. There's always a backstory. Hell, even John Wayne Gacy had a backstory. So <laughs> I want, I, I'm, I'm always intrigued by the backstories. Maybe mm -hmm. more now because of what I do. Right. Well, Jen no. said that's what she writes. Hmm. In the mess in the group chat in the chat, she said that's what she writes. So she writes horror stories. Oh, please link something because I will read it all. <laughs> Look, I just told her to join the conversation. Maybe she will. Um, if I remember correctly, she might be in Hawaii. Um, okay, so you like love stories of the underdog, the marginalized. Um the seemingly suffering, and then you're interested in horror stories, let's shift our stories and talk about how you develop, because, and let me just give a quick backdrop. Me and Tiffany met in WBAC, which is writing, Writers Black Artists Connected, and it's a subgroup of the bigger group that Kente created, which is Black Artists Connected. Um, and I remember that first year, which would have been 2015, you would always post, I'm not really a poet, but here's a poem. Uh, poetry is <laughs> not really my thing, but I'm going to try a haiku. And I'd be like, anybody can write a poem. I was like, and poems are expound, is what you expound upon when you create short stories or a song or a rap or whatever. So tell me what it, it was like for you getting into poetry and finally owning the moment where you said, I am a poet. I actually do write poetry opposed to, I'm not a poet. It's so crazy. I didn't start writing poetry until I was a teenager. Okay. I wrote skits, short stories. I was always that kid that if it was an assignment involving writing, I'm going to make it the most outrageous story ever. <laughs> but poetry came later when I realized... <laughs> Okay, so when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a rapper. <laughs> I love, but I love music, and I was 11, and you couldn't tell me that I wasn't the missing member of Naughty by Nature or <laughs> the first rap song I learned in totality. Tag team, back again, checking the record, let's begin, party on, party people, let me hear some noise. These season I also want to jump for joy. Like, that was me. So... <laughs> So as I got older and as I actually got into other poets, like when Deaf Poetry Jam came about, that's what really sparked me to say, I would like to, to just try my hand at doing this. I was never as confident 
in my poetry as I was my writing. Writing was second nature to me. Right. And poetry was like learning another language of writing. Right. But now if people ask, am I as confident in my poetry as I am my writing, I would tell them probably, yeah. Okay. So who are your greatest writing influences? Because we already know who your greatest music influences for writing are. Um, um, for writing? Uh, as far as horror goes, the godfather of horror, uh, Stephen King. I absolutely okay. love Steve. I hate his movies, but he is an amazing writer. His book is um, Anne Rice. I love the okay. Queen Chronicles. I love the Queen of the Damned and um, a devil named Memnock. And I like Dan. I used to like Danielle Steele when I was younger, because <laughs> all of the flowery loves. But Rosa Guy, I love her. She's a writer from like the late 80s. Okay. Her books became really popular. I found her through my school library. Edgar Allan Poe, um, Brandon, Mace, uh, Brandon Macy is an art as an African American artist from today. Like he just mm -hmm. wrote a book called Mama. Okay. So I like. How I look at writing, I like my written work to look like a like a movie. Like what drew me to writers like Shonda Rhimes? She'll have something in the first episode. Mm -hmm. She'll found on that something, and you 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 question, okay, why is she talking to this dude? Six mm -hmm. episodes later, she has weaved that tale in, and she gives you the 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 answer to the first episode. I like right. writing that. Yeah, she's amazing. I like a true backstory. I want to know if you talk to the cab driver and then at the end, somehow he's back. At, like, I like stuff like that. I like amazing backstories. And I think the writers that I'm gravitated towards, they give that as far as the short stories and the novels are concerned. And so with your short stories, how does that play um, in your experience as a mother, you know, what, what do you want? I mean, cause you want to, do you want to write stories that your children can pick up and read, um, conversations that they can get in on? Maybe not so much at the age they are now. Okay. But my daughter, she, she has told me when she, her confidence is, is this great? She would say, mom, you're just, mommies are magical. Cause they could just make you feel so awesome about everything. <laughs> Your daughter so, is so sweet. I, I also use poetry in how I communicate with my children. Mm -hmm. Like we come up with songs for, for learning and math. We come up with songs for confidence. We do um, affirmations. I just made them do their vision boards and Kari hung hers up on her wall. So written communication is very important to me for them maybe not so much with my personal stories that i put out to the world but i'm very particular in what i say to them and how i say it to them right i harp on them about that there is power in your words i said if you punched your brother today he's not gonna remember that pain when he's an adult he'll remember you hit him he won't remember how it feels your words 
have the power to either destroy somebody or to make or to to build them speak up. into them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I I emphasize that you cannot be rude and nasty to people. I'm very strict on them about how they make others feel. Oh, absolutely. Or anything else because depression in children <laughs> is scary. They don't have that that inner confidence or that they 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 take what people say as as gold. Like if you said this to me, you have to be telling the truth. And so I'm very particular in how I I I direct my words towards them. Even when I'm disciplining them, I think I made up the word bollywop. <laughs> Or something crazy. Instead of saying I'm a bitch or you know da 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 da, I'm going to mollywop you if you don't. Like I will literally make up a word so it doesn't sound as harsh, but they know don't play with me. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, as a single woman, how does how you create your, especially your women characters in your stories? How does what you experience or not experience play a part in that? And what do you do you hope for what you haven't yet received or hope for what you don't receive? Because I'm a writer too, so I get it. I do. I saw, I saw a complaint in one of the, another writing group that I'm in, and they said, I read this story, and this is the, the most ignorant crap. <laughs> She was basically saying, why do men writers, when they write a woman looking into the mirror, why is she always admiring her body or touching on herself? Or women don't do this, man. All I, think, I think as a woman, it's very important for me to convey realistic things <laughs> that yeah. you might necessarily get from dudes. Cause I can admit I've I've read some stuff and I'm like, yeah, no, this would never happen, <laughs> like ever in everdom, or none, none, none. Melanated writers comparing us to food items all the time, and I'm just like, why? <laughs> why now? That's a, that's an even deeper question. So, do you write? Are all of your characters characters of color, or are there color lines that you cross? No, they're not all characters of color by any means. And I okay. feel like if I'm writing from an African American point of view, race is definitely going to be brought up. And I right. used to be very afraid of alienating, of um. I don't want to make someone angry. I don't want to offend anybody. But in your real life, you don't navigate life like that. Right. Absolutely. That's not the true experience. This is possible. I'm not going to be like willfully ignorant. Right. My characters will have biases and prejudices just like everybody else. And I also have situations where my characters have an aha moment. Like, oh, you put your foot in your mouth because you assume this about this person, huh? <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. Um, so what do you want in 2019? You said 10 stories that you want to come out. 
tell us about that and expound as long as you want to because Kente told listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's time for me to go take a break real quick. So keep talking. I'm listening. All right. I want um my main thing is just publishing, whether it's self-publishing or going through a publisher. But my goal right now is to self-publish shorts. And my goal is to go through Amazon shorts. Um, a writer that I was cordial with through the group told me about Amazon shorts. And she was talking about how to navigate it, how to put your stories up. You don't have to have a full-length novel to self-publish, which is great because sub because short stories are my thing. Like I, that is my, my, my element. That is all the way my lane. Mm -hmm. Novels is a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it takes much longer to complete, but those short stories though, I'm all about that life. So I'm compiling one now for, for um, Valentine's Day. Oh, and okay. that's, something that I want to get published. What kind of short stories? Are they uh, romantic? Are they, you know, what? Because I am team paranormal and morbid all day. <laughs> they all have, they're like horror stories of love. Oh, wow. I have the title for it, but it's like, okay, in one of the stories, a woman who's afraid of thunderstorms Mm -hmm. because of her own personal background. Mm -hmm. Her husband being really aggressive with her during the thunderstorm and he knows better. So she's pushing him off. She She's like, okay, leave me alone. She goes downstairs and her husband walks through the garage. So if her husband walks through the garage, who is just in her bedroom? <laughs> oh, shoot. Uh-oh. I need to read this story. Huh? I said, I need to read this story. Yeah, so all of them are going to be speculative horror fiction, but they have a Valentine's Day thing. Oh, <laughs> and wow. this will be our Valentine's Day? Yeah, that's that's the goal. I'm pushing it. I support that. Mm. You got less than a month, my friend. I know. Huh? I know. Yeah, you got, ooh, you got just a couple weeks, yeah. Mm-mm. More than a couple of weeks, she got 25 days. It's very, it's going to be short. It's going to be through Amazon Shorts. It's going to maybe be 10 to 15 short stories. But it's just to, to, it's like those personal goals that you have to, oh my God, I published this. If I can publish this, then I can do this. If I did this, then I can do this. It's just to get the ball rolling. Absolutely. And then that's what I, and that's the goal I set out last year that I didn't do because I was working on the DDD. But I could, he offer you your inspiration. I'd want to do a chapbook, a short poetry chapbook every month for the rest of the year. Yes. So I think yes. writing is so important when you're a writer and keeping it fresh. I'm yeah. challenging yourself to write even when you don't feel like it. Um, and finding out what comes from that when you do write. Because sometimes it's just doing that consistent writing that jogs your greater self. Yeah. And I would definitely do that. 
develop characters or develop a new writing style or you know you may have a breakup or a relationship that's really great um and it allows for different conversations to be sprung forth from that writing um so do you write visionary style and what i mean by that is do you write in ways that you can see this happening in your own life because I know you write about horror stuff, which I don't want to see you killing people or <laughs> victim. It's so crazy. I write in ways of where I can see me witnessing it happen. Mm. Okay. I, I write from the stance of a witness 90% of the time. Okay. It's like, okay, I can see this. I can see that. I can see like uh, something like I, we question a caller on the phone and I could have a whole backstory <laughs> to do you know what is happening on the right. other end of the time of what call. Like I write it from the stance of a witness. It doesn't have to be me, but I have to see it happening, like legit happening in real life. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Um can we determine things about you through your writing? Um, are there little nuggets to who the real uh, trap? How you say it, Trapunzel? Uh, <laughs> is like, or is that like a diagram to really knowing who the real Tiffany is? No, really. <laughs> the only thing that you will be able to tell from my writing is that I'm passionate about black people. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about. Um, the family unit, mm-hmm. self care, and I love love. That oh. is like the theme with most of the main protagonists. Maybe not so much the antagonist, but. And I totally disagree because I know her and I have read her stories. And some of them we've had messenger conversations about. And I'm like, oh, so you was talking about X, Y, and Z. Look. <laughs> No. <laughs> but see, out that's inside looking in. Outside looking in, he would know. Okay. Mm. So I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm, boy, I'm, boy. I'm telling all your business. I'm be like, no, she was talking about somebody in real life. I'm telling all my own business, but under different names. <laughs> mm. Okay, so let me ask this question: um, Have you ever had somebody read one of your stories? And either correctly guess that it was about them or falsely say, oh, that's about me, but it really was. Uh, neither situation. I've had somebody read the story and they like, who is this? <laughs> like, I've had somebody close to me read the story and be like, where are you pulling this from? Because we didn't do this a week. And I'm just like, really? It's fiction. It is fiction for a reason. Hi, Fraser. How's it going? We're talking about uh, uh, Tiffany's short stories, and uh, I I was like, "So it was good. It was good to hear. I like hearing these stuff. It's good to, especially if you're as I was connecting with Shannon last night when I went when I went to my bed, and you guys are obviously just." Gradually, on the pre pre warm up, uh, before this twenty four hours, 
uh, stint. Uh, I always like to get opportunities to get people's brands in Scotland, so the opportunity is open. Ah, oh, you're in Scotland. Yep, uh, I'm a I'm a blab person. I was in blab when it was so I was like kindy was so well. Yeah, we were uh, kind of I blab OGs before it died. Uh, so I will take. Yeah, my door's open. I've got a podcast, radio show. I, I like to call it, now call Going Beyond Borders. So I like to help people bring their product to over the water if they want. That's our I'm going to have a connection at some point with Shannon later. Not today, but at some point later, when she's had about 10 hours sleep after this, she'll need it. Uh, she'll, so, yeah, just to have a chat and if a way of bringing what you do to a a global platform plus my community my community i've got a community of people of authors podcasters oops, excuse me authors podcasters and media uh there's a uh, coaches graphic designers people who do kingdom beads make little kind of beads uh, saving precious gems if you go to kingdombeads.com if you leave them she's in toronto she's what you can sponsors my show uh there's people who use soap there's all sorts of people people you may actually know from a, you might have crossed, so it's all a mixed bag if you like to bring your brand. I've got artists, musical artists as well. So I connect people. I will sit here and say, listen, I want you to connect with this person. They, they will benefit you or whatever you do. Especially with all your stories. If you want to be speakers. So anyway, you're going quite, your sound's gone, Trapunzel. You said my sound is going. I think it's the way. You're, uh, you're just distant. That's why. That's it there. There we go. Are you still charging your phone, ma'am? Yeah, I just plugged it back up. It was not going to last that little. <laughs> I was like, we still have an hour and 14 minutes. Um, And so, well, hour and five, yeah, nine minutes because we get uh, five or hours. That's um, that's yeah. Okay. So let's talk about um, the writing that you have grown fond of within the group or that has fostered growth in your own writing. What have you seen in the group or in other people that you know that you consider writers that has made you want to expound upon what you currently write? Um, I'm just going to start with the, the poetry mavens, and that's definitely going to be yourself. Well, thank uh, you. Cruz and um, Arian, mm-hmm. you all, your poetry p- definitely pushed my poetry to a much higher level. We had battles in our earlier <laughs> part. Like, because we had so many different topics every day. Which is why I challenged Arian out the blue. Like, we hadn't even talked in a minute. And I tagged him, and I did not expect him to respond. But last year, huh? The one y'all just did last year? <laughs> I did oh not expect God. him to respond. I thought he was gonna say, "Girl, get out of here!" But he actually responded. So, just seeing the play on words, how serious you take your poetry, because it—not to be rude—with any craft, you're gonna have the bottom of the barrel. With any craft, you're gonna have people doing it just because they think it's easy and they don't take it serious at all. Like I study writers. I read 
incessantly. I might not remember the author's names, but I, I read everything. I have three six foot bookshelves in my home and I probably need maybe three or four more to the point where I'm going to go on my next door app and do a book drive be like, listen, you want these books? Come get them. Because <laughs> I have too many books. Let me come get someone to come back to Georgia. Hmm? I said, let me come get some. You can never have too many books. Even though, listen. don't tell my mother that because I got a whole bunch of boxes in her garage and she is not happy about it. Listen, I, I really take this craft seriously and to see anybody take it as serious as me. Um be as deliberate with their words as myself is amazing. So on the poetry standpoint, you all really up my game because that was my weak area. I did that to relieve stress. Mm -hmm. And as a hobby, I never saw myself as a poet. Right. Definitely being in the group changed my mindset. And as far as writing goes, like with the stories and everything, Darnell, um Tara and who else? Tamia. Mm -hmm. Like I'm salty. They don't put their stories in there anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, they're amazing. So what, what are your stories about, Tripunzo? Uh just everyday marginalized people and the voices we don't get to to hear, like I was saying earlier, that I want to expound upon a character that's an African-American police officer. Mm -hmm. And for some officers, that's a walking contradiction, especially with racial tensions between African-Americans and police. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to get those voices heard to give people an insight into fields that are shrouded in mystery or misconception. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing to me. I, that's actually, that's good, actually. I like that. I think that would be a good topic to interview on my podcast, my live one. That would be quite, really quite interesting. I like, the, I like these kind of things. They're good. He, heavy duty, straight to the point. You want to get to the facts. You want to actually, well, through your stories, you want to project a real a realism of a realism of the actual what happens in real life these days. Oh, yeah. That's so definitely what I bring. No, that sounds that's good, actually. Yeah, that's really interesting. So maybe at some point I'll hook. If you're, are you friends with Shannon on Facebook by any chance? Oh yeah. What, what, <laughs> that's what are my you in real life? Okay, well, yeah, obviously you would be. Uh, so, uh, well, what what's are you, what are you under? What's your name? Trina? Is it Tiffany? Tiffany Hall. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, if you're, if you're happy, I'm gonna. If you're, hey, I might. Uh, if you're if you're open open to getting your stories. Further afield and what you do. I'll um, definitely do that. That's the push I need to get these mugs published. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, that's what I like to do. If you want to get connect with other authors and people, because you, you could be, might be an opportunity for you to go and speak and talk about what you do, talk about your stories, talk about the reason why you do them, and you're obviously what you're thinking and the, the issue, the actual day to day issues that happen in the world. You want to get them out there and you want to. And go make people see this is what goes on properly and not just what you do. The mainstream media don't broadcast and what actually happened. That's the whole point. Hence why podcasting is growing faster than the mainstream media these days. It's almost overtaking it because 
we broadcast or we publicise the things that they don't because of the politically correct word. They can't be too PC. They don't want to offend you. Sorry. Oh dear, I might offend you. Through your tongue in the palm, love. It's like, it's so true as what it is. So, did I offend you? Oh dear, tough taste. I don't care. Get on with it. Uh, so that's the, what you just got, that's what you got to do. And so it's doing the stuff that the, the broad, mainstream media won't broadcast uh, and that's the getting out there and getting these messages. Hence, podcasting is growing and it's really taking off uh, and that's what it's about. So I'll, Add you on Facebook, you're, I'd love you, uh, both of you, I want to get you both in my network, so I want to get you to expand what you do and uh, connect with other people and hopefully you can be interviewed on their show, their podcast shows as well and whatever, you know what I mean, get yourself, okay, hence my show is Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders, I want to get people crossing the borders, basically. So, a uh, network in the day, if you want to get your brand out there, doors open. That's what I like to say to both of you. And Kinty, everybody else, hey, I like to connect and chat. It's good fun. Okay, Frazier, thank you so much. Yes, I really need to shift my backside because I need to do some work today. And if I don't, if I keep sitting here drinking coffee, listen, you got you ladies uh, talk about eight, eight feet bookshelves. <laughs> I'm thinking, right, okay, I better move. But uh, yeah, but listen, uh, good to connect. And uh, I'll connect with you on Facebook and I'll have a chat at some a convenient time after you've uh, caught up in your sleep, okay, after this. Okay. Right, I'll speak to you soon. All right, okay. bye. All right, bye-bye. Bye, So um, let's switch gears. Um, in a perfect world, career job, ideal job, would it be a writer, author, publisher? All day, a writer. And I used to say it would be an editor, Okay. I think, <laughs> I think no, it was no, strictly no. writing. Okay. I would love to teach other people how to market their books once I become, you know, the guru on that myself. I don't think I want to edit other people's books because I'm not comfortable taking somebody's work and saying, I uh-uh, say it this way. I'm not, editors are amazing to me, but I'm not. I'm not confident in the ability to tell somebody how to tell the story that they have. Right. Because it was just like the uh, the post we saw the other day. If me and you experienced the same thing, we could tell the exact same about the exact same experience, but people are going to take something different from the both of us. So right. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> it's it's a hard read this or critique i can i can tell you oh i like this or i can tell you holes in your story mm-hmm. like this is clear you know this is a consistent last sentence you said she did this and now you're saying she did that but beyond that i'm not comfortable telling somebody how to tell their right. story so dream career for me writing writing publishing getting into my non-fiction writing like different issues I want to speak on, different things I want to bring to the forefront, but writing all day. What are those issues that you're passionate about in the nonfiction realm? Um, getting 911 operators seen as first responders because we are not. We're seen as, I think it's office clerks is how we're written into it. Mm-hmm. Getting PT getting 
stress management and therapy as a mandatory norm for police officers and not seen as something that crazy people do. Um, issues dealing with, I don't want to say everything because that's going to open up a whole nother can of words. Childhood health issues like vaccinations and homeschooling. It's just different things that I think should be the norm, but we have backwards sometimes. Okay. Like I don't think I don't think people that are public servants should live outside of the area that they serve. Because to me, it's a lot harder for you to mistreat your neighbor than it is some stranger in a neighborhood you don't care about. All facts. So, it's just a lot of things that I I think that as a whole we do backwards. <laughs> and I want people to see why. Absolutely. So what do you tell young readers um, who want to write? Um, those who are 11, just like you, and don't know the first thing about putting the story together. Of an 11-page double-sided story. <laughs> Make sure you get a copy first off. Definitely. Save everything, even if you think it's garbage. Even if you think, oh, well, I'm not going to come back to this. And I've become more old fashioned with my writing the more I get into it. Mm -hmm. Like having an electronic file is, is cool, but I want to print everything out and have file folders of version A, version B, version W. Like, <laughs> I want to see that in, in pen and paper sometimes. That's all it takes. Like, write mm -hmm. everything and save everything never think that you can read it and say okay this isn't good but don't do anything with it keep it yeah keep every version of everything that you write because you never know what's going to spark that inspiration okay. and that's one thing i did not do when i was younger i would start stuff i wouldn't like it i would delete it okay. so I, I now i save everything So you have seemingly meshed together writing and music over the course of your undertaking as a writer. So if your life was a soundtrack, give me your 10-track playlist. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let's see if my life was a soundtrack. Janelle Monet, don't judge me. That is definitely my life and song, especially the lyrics when she says, I know I got issues, but they drown when I kiss you. Might need to listen to this song again. <laughs> I don't, don't think I've listened to the words. I love that song because it's basically this person saying, look, you have fallen in love with the facade. I am this flawed human, mm. but I want you to think that I'm still capable of love. Okay. Which is the theme in most of my, my stories. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, don't judge me, Janelle Monet. Um, Slut, Slut Like You by Pink. Where she's saying, listen, 
dudes are not the only ones that are out here sleeping with people for pleasure and not love. Don't get this twisted. <laughs> All facts. Let's see. That's two songs, right? Dang, this hard. Eight more. My favorite question. <laughs> uh, Aaliyah, we need a resolution. I love that song. Uh, Outcast and the Dungeon Family gangster shit, because I'm so Southwest Atlanta. <laughs> yes, you are, ma'am. Yes, yes, you are. Yes. Let's see. Uh, we on number five. Let's see. Bust the rhymes in the ghetto. Okay. Whitney Houston, I want to run to you. Jim <laughs> uh, Stone's Circles. Mm. If you have not checked him out, he's an amazing artist. Mm. Um, JDS Abuse. Another amazing artist. What is that? Eight. That's eight. So nine and ten. Uh, Beyonce. I was here. People sleep on her because she's so popular that they forget she does have songs of absolute substance, and that song tears me up every single time. All right. And what album was? on it was on the year of uh the four album okay okay i was here with cool. the, the beginning of the song is i want to leave my footprints on the sands of time i absolutely love that song it's just a song about i just want to leave my mark my mark doesn't have to look like yours my mark doesn't have to be attached to billions of dollars and material things my mark is did I move you with the passion and the gift that God gave me? Well. So that song, every time I hear this song, I cry. My kids think I'm absolute nuts when I hear it. You are an absolute mess. Last but beautiful one. Huh? I said you are an absolute mess, but a beautiful one. Last but not least, let's see. Uh whisper song the yin yang clan uh-uh um let's see we gotta throw in something gangster i'm just saying nah i can't be the yin yang twins uh kilo ali <laughs> i want to show you, you like, go ahead that's that's a good soundtrack though it's a it's an eclectic variety that speaks to so many different levels of who you are and your writing style. Um, so if your favorite story became a movie, one, what story would it be? And two, who would be your lead characters? What actress or actor would be the roles of those two people or multiple people depending on your lead? story i don't even have one like it, it depends on my mood. 
Let's see. Let's do synchronized dreaming then. Oh boy. Characters in it. Huh? I said it has a lot of good characters in it. So Let's see. Leading woman and leading man. Leading woman. Oh. Uh, leading woman if she was a little bit older. Well, no, because she's not terribly young. But leading woman, maybe Zendaya. I like her. Zendaya has a lot of depth and substance and... And just she's just a breath of fat. She's like the goofy, quirky, but beautiful girl mm-hmm. that take over the world someday. And I love her on screen and off. Yeah. And if it were gonna be a guy, I can't think of his name, but he played in Bird Box. You talking about the guy that everybody is going wild over? Posting all them pictures. I know him from before Bird Box. He's on Tyler Perry shows. If loving you is wrong, I didn't watch Bird Box, so I can't be of any help right now. Um, he, don't look at Bird Box because that's not why I would choose him. Look at him on If Loving You Is Wrong. Okay. Um, it's just a certain type of protection that. This aura of protection he gives off when playing against female leads. Okay. That's very natural to me. And Dex is definitely a protector. Okay. And do, like do, and, and do you see that, is there a chemistry that you think that would be created between them on screen as well as like would it correlate? Because sometimes when you read books, what you read in a book is far better, some people would say, than the movie. And then some oh, people yeah. would say, oh, the movie's far better than the book. I mean, of course, that's subjective. Um, I think that their chemistry would be, yeah, because of how they play their roles. Like, there's a reluctant vulnerability about her. Mm-hmm. And there is a an almost accidental aura of protection about him. Okay. Like, even when he's upset, I ain't thinking about you, but did you eat? (laughs) You getting on my nerves. Take your iron pills. Like, I think those two characters would definitely mesh well. And another thing that I put in the characters that you don't see on screen is when you have a female love interest taller than a male love interest. Mm. I have a co-worker and her feet. Well, they're not fiance. They've just been together so long. <laughs> her boyfriend is shorter than her. And she says that when they go out, they get looks sometimes. Or, you know, people like, mm, why would you? Like, it's it's just like this unwritten rule that women have to be with men taller than them. His character may make him 10 feet tall, even though he may only be five feet. Exactly. So I just wanted to 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 bring because I've dated guys shorter than me. I'm five ten, barefoot, no shoes. And every every woman that I've seen, some I've stumbled across. You know, the comment is, "Oh, he must be taller than me." And everybody seems to want someone six foot taller. 
we can't all have six foot taller. Some of us got to take the same. So, so that character, I mean, I think, and you, you write the character you want, regardless of what height they are. And if they're shorter, it's not about the shortness that matters, it's the confidence and the character. Um, so, because you can build a level of height and depth into a person that their actual height can't match. Exactly. I wrote that with two of the characters in the book. So that's also another thing that I've seen men get picked on about, especially being <laughs> police. Mm -hmm. If they're always oh, it's, it's crack jokes like, oh, y'all gonna bring a real officer, or just them cracking jokes with each other and they laugh, but they looking like, listen. Yeah. Something else. <laughs> It's real. I mean, and we put so much pressure on men having to be a certain height, look a certain yeah. way, you know, have so many inches. <laughs> Above all other things. That, I mean, and we add so much pressure instead of just truly letting the person's character shine. Um, and I know I'm not the rule probably speaking to the exception because there are women like you and myself who look past all the societal pools to attracting someone. Um, oh, yeah. How many digits he's got? There's a joke. I mean, I just... <laughs> My sisters would joke and say, definitely doesn't look at looks. And I think every dude that I've dated, they've been very attractive to me. I don't mm -hmm. care about how other people see them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you write, do you write with that same energy? Like, or are they seemingly attractive? It or It depends on the person that I'm writing the love interest for. Okay. So and I have a person that's super vain. Mm -hmm. That guy is going to match, you know, her identity of what a man should be. And maybe... Maybe I'll reveal, oh, okay, you assumed he was this way because he looks like this. You assumed he would have no debt. <coughs> or vice versa. <coughs> I'm working on a story where a guy, <laughs> he pays a girl to basically marry him. Oh, how much you paying? <laughs> haven't thought of a dollar amount but it's significant because he's the one of the hottest rappers in Atlanta Okay, he pays her and he thinks that oh if I pay her she'll do this and she'll do that and what he realizes that she agrees because she thinks she can help him she just doesn't know with what she's very uninterested in his money right and that story of okay I assume this but I just put my foot in my mouth and how am I going to take my foot out now? <laughs> okay. So are we, are we lending itself to it, it this way now, but it'll end up being some way, something different at the end? Oh yeah. I'm rooting for love. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are, darling. <laughs> I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for love. 
Look, put some of my life story in that story. I'm here for it. Man, listen. I could wish I could put some of his money in my bank account. Again, put my life story. <laughs> Current scenario. Put that one in there. Um, so I can help you write it. I would ghostwriter. Um, would you ghostwrite for other people? Yes. I would love to be a ghostwriter. Like what's the appeal to ghostwriting for you? And my eyes are burning. You get to try new genres or you get to do something completely different than what you would do and uh -huh. know that people think your stuff is hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without them necessarily knowing it's you. Right. So I'm actually, I bought a book on ghostwriting because I really want to get into it, but I want to get into it in a way that maybe not be normal. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I want to um I want to write wedding vows for people. I want to write wedding vows for people. I want to write love letters for people. <laughs> and they don't ever like I don't care if nobody knows, I would know. So I would even write songs for people. Mm -hmm. I would ghost write songs for people. Yeah. Like when people accuse artists, oh, they have a ghostwriter. I would like to be said ghostwriter, whether it be R&B or hip hop. <clears throat> those genres, or would you cross over into other ones if you were asked? I would definitely, because I listen to my playlist has everything from Pat Benatar, Bunny Tyler, Leanne Rhymes to <laughs> Busta Rhymes, Ti. Migos, like, and everything in between. My sister right. laugh at me because they say I listen to weird music, but when I listen to what they listen to, I've put them on to artists like Tracy Chapman, Pat Benatar, Bunny Tyler, people that they would never hear on the radio. Well, maybe Tracy Chapman. But what song besides Total Eclipse of the Heart? <laughs> Do they play a Bunny Tyler's if they play that one? Right. I've always been drawn to music, even before writing. I would love to write for other artists. Who would you, your top five artists, who would you write for? Who would I write for? Uh, the greats. Her. Absolutely love her. Me. She. Huh? I said me. <laughs> okay, sorry. You know I love music. She is a uh, incredible, and the fact that she is truly a musician. Mm -hmm. She sings, she writes, and she has always wanted. Like she's never had any other job. She's been on TV doing talent shows since she was ten years old. So, I want. I would want to work with her. I would want to work with um, Kendrick Lamar. I would want to work with Pink. Okay. Absolutely love Pink. And the last two. 
Killer Mike and who else? Yeah, who else? <laughs> Jade Nova. All right. We're gonna have to look up, I think. Jade Nova was Rihanna's background singer. Okay. And she does a ton. You you would know her online from her Beyonce impersonations. She has a ton of videos that have had millions of views from her pretending to be Beyonce. Okay. And she has videos where she mimics other artists and sounds exactly like them. And she just came out with her first album. She sounds nothing like the artist she mimics. Mm. So she's got some Ariana Grande in her spirit. And she's a good imitator as well. Hilarious. <laughs> her impersonations are spot on. Okay. So J Nova and then Killer Mike. Is that uh, Atlanta? Killer Mike? Yeah. You uh, Do you remember the, and the whole world loves it when we don't get he's on that song okay okay but he's been in the game forever like he has his own group now he just came out with his own netflix series it came Mm -hmm. out yesterday and what's it called um uh, hold on because i have to see give me one second one second has been expired. You know what? <laughs> the name of his show is Trigger Warning. Okay. That's what they put he on the that's what they put on the explicit content sometimes. Yeah, trigger warning where he talks about uh race relations and just political stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love how his thing, love how he thinks. I like his relationship with his wife, and I like the work that he does here in Atlanta. Okay. So, I work oh, on. Huh? No, keep going. I'm sorry. Um, I worked on a project of a very close person to me for the first time. I don't know if he wants to use the song. Okay. But that felt. Amazing. <laughs> what was the synopsis of the song? Is it love? Huh? Was the song about love? Uh, no. The song was about the, the song was about severing ties with someone. Mm-hmm. So it started off as love. Okay. But it did not end that way. Well, maybe it ended that way, but it ended with I love me enough not to be in this situation. Hmm. And did that give you some material for new material? (laughs) Everything gives me material for new material. (laughs) Now, as a writer, and I know in our group, it's so easy to fall into because we have those smaller circles within our writing group. Do you find yourself, um, and if if you do find yourself, are there multiple, um, do you find yourself, writing from a, a muse of sorts. Um, is there any interest that you've had over the course of your writing tenure, so to speak, within that group where you have developed a muse 
that's giving you inspiration or oh, definitely. Arian is definitely that person. <laughs> okay. And it's so crazy because it started off as I'm gonna shoot my my writing ship uh shot. <laughs> right. Which we all did that with one person or another. And it was like, oh, let me write something to this. Or, oh, let me write. And it, it ended up being the the baby love in Pharaoh Chronicles. <laughs> so, which was really good. Which was really good. I mean, but it's so easy to even move that into reality because we were so close-knit in that community. So yeah. it's almost like having a virtual reality game and then saying, turn off. And then y'all pick up and move out into the real world and say, okay, play. Um, because of the connections that were made, I mean, because like you said, you shoot your writing shot and so you collab with someone, not on one piece, but multiple pieces. So you guys are spending time in each other's inbox saying, hey, look at this part to this segment of our writing piece, you know, and feeding off of each other's energy and writing style at the same time. So you're developing characters together in the midst of developing a relationship, whether that's a relationship that's a friendship or a relationship that could bloom into more. Um, and I think we try to explore those, but we don't explore them enough because they do exist in the writing group. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Whether it be life or just not being online as much or <clears throat> whatever it is. I feel like it's it's easy to not cultivate those relationships because you're thinking, oh, we only communicate in here. Right. Not the case. If you spent so much time creating with someone to the point where you feed off each other's, those relationships a thousand percent need to be preserved. Right. So. And what does that preservation look like? <laughs> what we did last year, <laughs> jumping in, tagging them on and saying, hey, we haven't written in a while. Let's do this. Okay. Because you need that. You definitely need that. And That's shoot true. how short of a time frame it takes him to write something compared to me when it comes to poetry still. Yeah, yeah. But y'all seem to go back and forth. Like, it was almost effortless and it didn't take that long. <laughs> I mean because both of y'all encouraged me to write a response to what y'all wrote. Oh what yeah. One good minute here. What are y'all doing? <laughs> what is this conversation? It was a dance and it was like um it was it was sensual and it was um enticing but there was a clear leader in the dance that you guys were creating with your pens and paper and as people were taking notice because i remember going back to the comments and just looking at people say oh my like really <laughs> it's not even a the first of all it's not even a sensual saturday so what is going on um and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and even just the care and consideration of the words the placement of each word the use of words that weren't necessarily sexual in nature, but the undertones and the currents of each word that you chose on purpose. And yeah. I would have to reread, and sometimes I'd have to pull out my dictionary 
Because you know, Ariane be using words that come from like is the Eminem of girl, poetry. Come from Pluto or uh under a rock of obsidian or whatever. Cause I'm just like, listen, homeboy, I don't know where you got these words from. But um even when he writes he can write a review about anime. And you have to pull out a dictionary. Like, I ain't come here for all of that. <laughs> and I'm like, and I understand that he's very tactful and he's very thoughtful. And it takes him time to write poetry and because he uses so much thought into it. Like him and TJ. Yes. I have no idea what hallway thesaurus is in their brain. But... <laughs> expansive words like that is if I had to add one superpower as a writer it would be to have that hallway that I would want the Encyclopedia Britannica and the thesaurus and the dictionary all in a case they got it they got it and you and it's like words that you don't because I'm like listen listen I am not about to go get a thesaurus and find the longest synonym that I can find. Right. I'm just going to say slept well. He didn't say, you know, you hung over the chair in a drift. And I'm like, um, but he ain't said it like that. And I'm like, but what does that mean? And he was like, oh, they were. I'm like, I didn't come here for all of that. I did not. Absolutely. And so, as, as a writer, how do you maintain your own voice um, in light of so much brilliance? Because, like, I always joke, y'all make me want to burn my notebooks. And, of course, that's the highest compliment because it's not true. Um, but it definitely challenges you to, to, to find what makes you you and what makes your pen spill the ink that it spills. So how do you find your voice in the midst of all the brilliance around you? Um, the best quote I ever heard in life was from a professor I had at Georgia State, Dr. Shirley Holmes. And she said, if both of us agree 100% of the time, one of us is unnecessary. Right. I can't write like anybody else but Tiffany. <laughs> That's it. I can do things to make my writing better, more colorful, more vibrant. Mm -hmm. But the only, the only penmanship I am fluent in is mine. Absolutely. I do not try to imitate another writer because I feel like that's your lane. And right. I enjoy your lane. And I want you to keep traveling down your lane because I, I want to see your work, but I'm not you. Right. So if people only wanted to read one type of book, you wouldn't have shelves and boxes of books with your mom, and I would need to get more bookshelves. Right. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And I, and I think that, but we also live in a culture and you said it earlier where we were talking about poetry specific. And I think the same could probably be said about short stories. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody thinks that they're this. Everybody thinks that they're a poet. 
everybody thinks that they can write a story oh, yeah. and it, it's well and true everybody can write a story but everybody picks what <laughs> everybody else is writing and so that's why i said it's important to find your own voice but it's also important if you're going to write in a certain genre to hone in on your craft and like you said you study well a lot of people just say oh i wrote this and it's seemingly good because 12 people told me it was good so i'm a writer and there are people who don't take time to show their work and do the work so yeah what does that look like for you showing your work because you said you were writing do you write daily do you have a daily job do you have like writing um, i have a daily job i have notebooks where i write down ideas that look absolutely crazy to anybody else and sometimes me sometimes and i pulled away so much of depending of electronic devices for the brainstorming phase mm. brainstorming and ideas i have to pull out good old pen and paper yeah. <laughs> i can't i can't do that on a computer so every single where i go i carry a notebook every day all day i'm writing something in that notebook every single day um, and even sometimes it'll the character come first or uh-huh. sometimes a scenario will come first and it could come from uh, from the craziest of places <laughs> so the the story about i read a book where the guy paid a girl to be his girlfriend. Look, I'm going to ask my question. How much you pay her? <laughs> he paid her, I think it was 5000 and she was supposed to be his girlfriend for two weeks. Okay. So kind of like, uh, what's that movie uh, with Nick Cannon? Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Love don't cost a thing. But reverse. <laughs> right. It, it did so, cost it's like, huh, this is interesting, but this it the 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 per, the basis of the book were all about they weren't about people of color. Okay. So I was like, okay, I can see this little situation, but that's not how that would happen in my world. So I read this book years ago. Right. So I was watching something some reality TV show where they were talking about, oh, the relationship is made up, the relationship is made up. But I was like, hmm, what would that look like if that were true? (laughs) So the scenario came and then I thought about the books called Two Week Girlfriend. Okay. I think that was her first novel. Mm -hmm. Amazing. That book is amazing. I I can't say I liked all of the books in the the series, but that one, she did a damn good job on that one and the sequel to it. So looking at reality TV and saying, what would that situation look like? And then delving into the psychological issues you would have to have to actually want to do that. Right. I came up with this story. (laughs) So are these the material that you mentioned on the show today? Are these the type of materials that we can expect for these shorts that are coming out this year? Or these materials that are going to be later down the line, later on your writing line? And not so much short okay. story. The, the snippets 
And even pieces of Baby Dog and Pharaoh are going to be in the book that's coming out hopefully in February. Okay. And I'm not trying to get people to buy it, whatever. I just want to prove to myself you can publish a work. It's not going to be trash. It's going to be heavily edited and I'm going to put my, my foot in it. <laughs> but I'm not trying to, oh my God, get rich quick off of this. This is just to acclimate me to the publishing world and getting my works published. Yeah. And in, and in, short, in short stories, specifically short stories and poetry at the top of that, um those are two areas where you find if they're not compilations and they're not famous people already they're harder to tap into the the market in terms of because you gotta sell millions of copies before you seemingly made it so to speak um so it's the goal of advertisement absolutely I'm, and it and it's sometimes just being aligned to the right place in the right time yeah, I don't look at it at all as, oh, if I sell enough of this, like I have a whole job. <laughs> it's been paying my bills for years. Like right. stories, it's a creative outlet. It's I, I absolutely love short stories, but it's also advertisement. If I give you something, if I give the reader something for free, when I say, oh, buy this book for $12.99, you know, she, this is her first book, but I read all those short stories. She's great. I'm going to get it. Right. Like, I want to prove myself to the reader because I feel like with self-publishing, it's easy to get selfish in your craft. It's easy to say, or oh, I'm not going to put out anything, or I can't stand the people that don't contribute to the group, but they put up book links. Who are you? <laughs> Why are you putting up book links? Why? Who are you? Look, I delete them all the time because I'm like, you're not even I can't selfish and you have people, well, I'm not gonna get paid for my craft for free. It's not for free. You're earning a fan. Yeah. As you should with all of your fans and the best fans will do free promotion for you all the freaking time. Yeah. We shout our favorite things to the rooftop. No questions asked. We don't need to be paid for it because we love it that much. Right. So in order for me to get in who I want to, to get in the masses, good graces, I have yeah. to prove to them I am a solid writer. Right. I take it seriously. Absolutely. And I think that the culture within our writing group changed so much um, from when we first started. Um, oh, yeah. Because when we first started, that was all there was. It was always posting um, conversations, jump on this, hate this story, here's a topic, here's a, a, a haiku challenge, here's a you know, a dating scenario, you know, right from this. And you're absolutely right. When we don't see the work, which is why I have mentioned, you know, showing your work and how important that is because other people have to believe in what you're doing. But even more so importantly, you have to believe in what you're doing. And I absolutely. think that's where the lost art is in 
in a group like that because it's getting seemingly bigger there isn't what we had when we started um i think when i came into the group it was over a thousand but it was under two thousand it was and now it's almost ten thousand people the last time i checked so i just i want the culture to go back to i'm just so excited about the craft i want you all to share in what i've i've worked so hard for not buy my book buy my book buy my book buy my book mm -hmm. and i just i i i don't understand that how do you ask a group of ten thousand strangers <laughs> You don't know me, but by this, no. Absolutely, but I mean, but you know what's funny? And I think Candace is one of the ones that said it. Um, and I think even Cruz said it, that in that group, more strangers have purchased their work than seemingly friends and family that have known them their whole lives. And I would say the same is true for me. Um, and I have multiple books, multiple yeah. people my books are not people I know um, and I'm not famous or on the New York sellers um, bestsellers list yet but most of those people that have said hey I want to get a book or you know send me to your link or let me look it have not been people who I would say I've known forever you know and how and that level of camaraderie that we've had within that group when we first started was so far different that it began to feel like a family until it got too big. And then it was like a mega church <laughs> of writers. <laughs> and it was like, it, it's almost like you need to start. It, it's almost, look, we're almost what, like at 9,000 people. So it's like, now you need to create little small groups, little life group of writers. I mean, and we seemingly have one within that group. You know, we still have BSE. Um, which for those, of course, who don't know, that's Black Sheep Enterprises. But we still have that entity um, and not so much as we did when we first started because of the energy and, you know, everyone has gone in different paths and directions. And, you know, but we've experienced so much together, you know, seizures, hospitalizations, a, a child death, you know, um, parental child custodial drama. Like the list has gone so far down the road just in that immediate circle that we've created stories within our own life stories. Um, but we've also connected on bonds because of those stories. Um, and I think we've lost some of that within the bigger group. Um, so we have to, I guess, as a senior representative of WBAC, um, challenge ourselves and it's hard because Curtis had just asked, um, he said, can you be all in with your writing as an author and still be at your best while trying to hold down a regular job? And I found out that once I shifted from writing in the group to being an admin in the group, I spend more time deleting than I do posting. See. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I'm... But I'm using, I, I am deleting stuff that's not relevant to the group. It's like, it's a writing group, so why are you posting art in here? 
it's a writing group. So why are you drawing? Why are you posting a live video on painting? We have other subgroups for that. So this is a writing group. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're painting something and there's a poem or a story attached to it, by all means, include that. But half the time, they be on there with musical videos and paintings or pictures or stories or pictures of themselves that aren't actually what we are. And so it's like weaving through that, not necessarily telling them they cannot, but there is another area for you to be who you are and flourish. Yeah. Is, it's, this is not that good. The culture um, of an existing group. Yeah. Um, and Curtis said, are you using your books? Okay, so he's, I think he might be asking me. Are you using your books to obtain speaking engagements and or other high paying opportunities? Curtis, I'm currently trying to build my brand. Um, I have not in the past because I've worked like three Hebrews and 29 Jamaicans. So <laughs> I have unfortunately spent most of my time working um, and I've walked into 2019 with a big fat, like no has always been a therapeutic and complete sentence for me, but I have made no even more present in even though I can't really afford to do that sometimes because we're so short staff, I work in domestic violence. Um, but I am trying to extend my gift into that culture of speaking engagements with this upcoming book that I've written. The the goal, the hope, the, the reality that I am speaking into existence is that it will reach many. Um, because it's, it's very transparent and authentic, but it speaks to the relationship of a dysfunction with my father, um, which played itself into relationships with other men. So I can't wait um, to read. Hopefully that answers your question. Um, you know, as I work out the platform on which I will stand on to speak that. So. I'm sure we've, we had someone quit and had mm -hmm. to, pretty much encourage someone to leave at the same time. So you sent me your work, I get the work, I'll open up Facebook and then I fall and start reading. And Facebook just open, ain't posted. <laughs> it's getting crazy. And I don't like when friends send me things and I'm trying to rush and read it. I want it, I want to read, I want to curl up with it. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Well, look, I'm still waiting on feedback on DDD, so I'm going to need you to. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Like you. Why do you say you work on your brand? Because I just now set, made a separate resume writing page for Instagram, and now I have to do the same for Facebook because I want, I don't feel like I should advertise the resume writing and the fiction writing on the same platform. So What's I think I'm going to Freelancing page mm -hmm. and for real writing page for my fiction because I I need to separate it. Mm. Okay, I'm here for it. And so you have a website, yes? I have my social media platforms. I don't have a website yet. Okay. So working on a website and rebranding for your different things that you do services for to include yeah. writing and 
my freelance money. Okay. And then like, uh, your uh, department uh, do vows and letter writing? <laughs> yes. Now that I will advertise. Again. I'm just keeping it into existence because those things are easy to get into because you always have somebody who wants a love letter. Oh, and yeah. You know, people talk about Craigslist, but I have got more resume writing money from advertising on Craigslist than any other platform. Oh, I believe it. I, I believe it. There is there is an opportunity to do what you are doing on any necessary platform. And I always say, if you don't fit in somewhere, your gift will always make room for you. Oh, and yeah. You have to be willing to walk in whatever avenue or street that looks. And I had to get out of my head with the nonfiction writing. Oh, other okay. people do it. Other people do this. Other people do that. They might not come to me. Okay, but they saw me first. Or maybe mm -hmm. they like that my southern vernacular is the same as their southern vernacular. Or maybe okay. they like my earrings. I don't know. Other people do res resumes. They chose me. Right. So I don't let that concern me. <laughs> I come I up. It 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 gets in my ears sometimes, and then I just I have to I have to pluck it out. Like <laughs> you can't let that doubt get in your head, or you're not going to be productive. That's true. That's true. So let's see if I let's see if I got this list right. So we have fiction short stories that deal with uh, marginalized love stories. Yeah. <laughs> um, in serving the underdog. Um, seemingly ordinary people. Um, and then we have horror short stories. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's on anybody's investigation discovery, um, but make you think that this happened to you yourself. Um, then you have your resumes, mm -hmm. love letters on the horizon, and <laughs> vows on the horizon. Am I missing yeah. anything? No. Okay, so this is your this is your perfect world career. This is you will be doing all these things. I would be doing these things. I would send Pearl her resume <laughs> and work on Keisha's wedding vows. All while I'm submitting my short stories and and publishing novels. Like that is my dream to write and create all day. Because that's, awesome. that's not work to me. Like, I would love it. And to be home with the cheering. Okay. So, definitely working from home, doing all those things. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <sighs> that's going to be the dream one day. Okay. So, this is your dream. Help you actualize. So, that we talked about on the last podcast, you know, encouragement into 20. Uh, 19 and goals that we have for our girlfriends. So now that you have those things written out or visualized out, they're on a vision board somewhere? I made my kids do a vision board and didn't even do one. <laughs> I'm going to do it though. You got to the end of the first My vision board is so petty. I got my daughter the pink one and this little chick switched with me. So she took my white one. I'm not putting my vision on a pink vision board. I'm going to have to go buy another one. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, you paint it, tape it, 
put some newspaper around it. It don't even matter. I'm so gonna go. Right over. I'm not doing that pink. I can't. <laughs> oh man, oh man, girl, you better put that vision on that pink board. Okay, so once you've written the vision and you've made it plain, so now you have a goal. You mentioned already that you want to do, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said ten short stories this this year. Yes. Okay, so that's goal one. Are you going to reach out to solicit, encourage, advertise market for, I mean, because you already do it for your resume, so you even have that platform kind of in an execution mode. So what about the four stories and then the love letters and the vows? How are you going to market those in 2019? How are you going to get yourself out there in those areas um, we have experience in but you are definitely enjoying to do fiverr is a great place to get the weirdest gigs ever okay. content bills are awful but fiverr is different because you can you can find people seeking not so popular services mm -hmm. and one thing i learned <laughs> working at dillard's I was in the home department and we did the wedding registries. Mm -hmm. Going into Facebook groups with that do wedding registries and talk about brides and stuff like that. I'm starting to do that and reach out to people. Like, hey, these are my services. I know it sounds weird, but I can I can help you make your day exceptional. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just to tell people what I do and how I do it that that has been an experience <laughs> absolutely i was literally giving a business card to somebody in where were we at i've been in marietta georgia when i was just somebody was talking about getting married and they considered coming down here for their um wedding ceremony they had them and their her and her partner She's like, oh, I'm going to reach out to you. So that absolutely, it's all about putting yourself out there and oh, then yeah. through with the content. The, the, um, the thing that people make a mistake about is they'll reach out to 10 people and only one person to show even a remote interest and nobody abide and they think, oh, okay, it's not for me. I had to get to that mentality to where if I reached out to 10 people, and only one per person had any type of reaction to it and I didn't get any sales. Oh, I need to figure out a way to reach out to a thousand people. <laughs> Enough people hear me. Let me speak louder. Yeah. So you 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 have to turn off your inner critic when it comes to your advertising. Because oh, no, if you're about your craft and you put in the work and people just don't know you yet, you have mm -hmm. to keep and Curtis said, do you need help with putting your website together? Yes. <laughs> yes. Website, I pay good money for a website and can't use it. So I'm that dent. I remember when you paid because we talked about this. This is what, two yeah. years ago? I can't. Like, I'm that dense when it comes to websites. I need somebody to say, log in here. You put this here and it'll update. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's difficult. Um, it's gotten to the point where I'm just going to take a WordPress class because I can't. 
Okay. Um, Curtis said he can certainly help. Can say you trying to get our attention? You just wait. Oh, okay. Um, so any closing remarks as a writer um, of short stories that seemingly implants parts of your life, um, parts of your journey, has to be where well. Um, your story as a 911 operator, as a mother, as a single woman, um, as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, as a do you love that Public Enemy song? Nine one one is a joke. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. I heard some of all the any song that has anything to do with F the police. I probably. Have. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but, so. I, go ahead. Wisdom. I was going to ask you what was your craziest call, even though I've heard most of your stories already. Um, but words of wisdom for the uh, closing remarks um, for Just, yourself, for others. I have a friend, and she's not a close friend by any means. Like, we have each other's phone numbers. We might not call each other. We met on a trip. My friend Siobhan put together a beach trip. We all went to the beach. And mm-hmm. she started a band, which has been a dream, another dream of mine, at the age of 41. Oh, my she has consistent paid gigs and she's been doing it for six months. So I used to think that I don't have my life together. I'm in my thirties. I'm just not going to get it together. It's crazy. That sounds when you look at people that have been living 90 years, 80 years, like we put so much pressure on ourselves to be complete about what we want to do and how it's going to happen at such a young age and now I'm like it is never too late to to be the person you wanted to be when you grew up and that's the 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 life that I'm I'm trying to to make happen I want to be very purposeful in my gifts and I want to take that pressure off myself so no pressure you wanted to be a writer at 10 and you didn't act on it till 40 who cares? <laughs> You're probably gonna live eighty. You got forty years to get this together. All facts. Yes, ma'am. All so, facts. I'm not worried about oh, I haven't published. I've been writing and and doing all of this. I just now started taking seriously, like thinking about I want to do this seriously as a career. When I got in the group, I had been in the group that long, so. No pressure. I'm just going to make it happen. Yes, ma'am. I, I love can't it. With these headphones looking like you at a silent party. <laughs> well, I mean, look, the real the real story is that you survived another podcast. I did. The real story is that I'm about to get a nap because I'd be to work at two. Man, the real story is I'm about to get a nap because I got another podcast at nine. Well, what? I, I want to thank you, ladies. You guys were amazing, and um, you know it was so great for you guys to, to come in there and do four hours straight. So, uh, um, guys, 
um, we're moving on to uh, the next room, and uh, Ben Tuttle will be doing his thing. But uh, thank you, ladies, so much.